0: Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 362. Having back in the studio, Joe Hubbard, to talk less about what he's doing within the comic scene and just more about who he is. This is kind of the interview that I wanted to do last month. However, with how busy his schedule is, it was great to see, or at least hear, the amount of time that he puts into my geek scene. Now, besides all that, we really were just shooting the shit. Joe's uh, old friend of mine. He does great work. Definitely go check out my geek scene. But, to be honest, this was just two friends just talking a lot about nerd, geeky culture. Uh, it's a long one. We could have kept going for a third hour, but we kind of decided to stop it. ...at around the two hour mark, and I can definitely tell from re-listening to this that I start fading a little bit towards the end. I was getting a bit tired. Joe could go all night, but that man is a machine. So hopefully you guys enjoy getting to know a bit more about Joe. I feel like I'm going to be having him on the podcast... ...I don't know, it seems like almost once a month now, so let's have him come on for a third time. But until then, enjoy Drunk On Comics Podcast, episode 362... An interview with Joe Hubbard, part two.
1: want to fucking listen. You're going to go to my fucking friend's website. Okay, so that way I get traffic and
0: you get traffic too. Well, thank you. That's how sharing is
1: caring. <laughs> it's funny. My friend uh, listened to like the first 20 minutes of our last one. And she's like, you say fuck a lot. And I'm like. <laughs> no, I listened to it. I was like, I literally said it like once. I probably said it fir- more than. You didn't say it at all. Oh, oh. And I was like, I literally said it once during the first three minutes of her podcast. And we were talking about like these uh, jelly beans mm-hmm. uh, of your podcast, should I say. And. I wrote, 29 minutes in, I only said it once. I think you're just hearing things. And then, like, the next day, yeah, just finished listening to the entire thing. I only said it once. I was <laughs> like, I think you just wanted me to hear. Uh, I think you wanted to hear those words out of my mouth. Well. I don't deny my I use of that like word. Yeah. But when it comes to, and we're recording right now, aren't we? Yeah. All right, I figured. Um, But I don't deny that. But at the same time, like, when I'm trying to do, like, interviews and stuff like that, I don't
0: curse or I try not to. Well, Joe, I love that you have uh, stayed with me this entire past month. We haven't <laughs> moved at all since last we recorded. We've stayed, sat right here. We have like a month's worth of just
1: ramblings. Oh, uh, it's like, I mean, like I've been in my diaper this entire time. <laughs> you know, it's good thing I've had that uh, Foley catheter placed in. But yeah, my yeah. God, colostomy bag though. Yeah, I had a colostomy <laughs> placed in for this.
0: Oh, uh, but uh, yeah. So I'm really t- hungry though. Oh, you haven't
1: fed me for the entire month. <laughs> Sorry about that. As you saw me eating before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what Tony likes to do. I mean, I'm actually strapped to this chair, and he yeah. likes to eat in front of his guest, and, like, he'll throw marinara sauce at their face, <laughs> and, like, I have to hope for it to fall down just enough <laughs> to reach my tongue for some sort of substance.
0: Drips off your nose, and if you don't stick your tongue the say. right spot. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know. Oh, but, uh, so I have you back on the show because... Our first interview, it is what I wanted to do, but only for half the time, actually only for like a quarter of the time, which was talk about what you do, but I kind of want to know more about who you are. I mean, I don't need to know that because I do know that, but have my listeners know more about the man behind the scene of Michigan geekiness. Mm -hmm. See what I did there? I see what you did there. You know, and actually, one of the things I really wanted to somehow make it the title of... I just did the lazy interview with joe hubbard of my geek scene for the last one is i wanted to somehow be like geek my scene or something like gi joe or something to have you come in but i can't i couldn't think of a clever way to do that either i love you man but that's that's terrible that's why i didn't do it i share that story now because i'm over my embarrassment of how terrible it was but well then again at the end of the day who am i to judge yeah. Anything. Who are you to the judge? Let's get into it. I'm, Good I'm, segue.
1: I'm, I'm not. I'm not anybody important. I'm nobody special. I'm just a dude
0: that does things from time to time. And you hear here first. All right. That's uh, the end of this interview. <laughs> I would love for it for the words out of his mouth.
1: I would love for that to be the cutoff point. Like,
0: <laughs> and it's just static for the rest of the slot. Just... <laughs> but I let it go for like a whole hour just to get an hour's worth of a podcast it's like i like to do abstract podcasting you know <laughs> yeah those are always uh the best <laughs> ones out there no. but joe uh well i don't even need to really touch on what you do uh because we yeah we're not really doing f- another one of those dude i don't want to do another I'm actually just spiel <laughs> about like what i do
1: alright folks real quick I'm a geek journalist that travels all over the state of Michigan I run a website called mygeekscene.com I take photos I do interviews and I write reviews and I have a very kick-ass calendar go check it out mygeekscene.com M-I-G-E-E-E-K I I don't know why I added three E's to that (laughs) but my M-I geek as in what I am scene as in let's make a scene dot com enough about that portion of the spiel that was actually pretty damn good let's just talk about the stuff that I really wanted to talk about comics video games Anime, manga, pro wrestling. Let's do it. Or, like, some of those. That's the one I was really more excited about because, honestly, like you said the last time, you really don't get to dive into that stuff so much. You know, and you said I lit up when we started talking about um, when you brought up One Punch Man the last time. Oh, yeah. I got super excited about that because those are the things that I really... I mean, yeah, everyone has your spiel for the businesses, but I'm more interested in, like, the people
0: themselves. Well, it's funny, too, that there is a big uh kind of straying away from anime right now and everything and manga, wrestling. There's a big like Venn diagram of a lot of people that love wrestling in the comic book world that not every, you don't you don't know everyone that enjoys it until you see them posting about a pay per view and then you're like, Oh, you you still watch this stuff too? Awesome. Yeah. We're it's... we're like each other. Yeah. We're I, the same.
1: I I love that there's crossover and like some artists, Eric Hodson, um, does a lot of uh, wrestling-related artwork, and his stuff's amazing. Seriously, Eric Hodson's awesome. I'm, he didn't pay me to plug him. But, <laughs> no, seriously, his stuff is really,
0: really good. But I, I, I do love pro wrestling. Well, what is it, what is it that you're watching nowadays? Because I know there is a point when I don't think you were into the big WWE at the time. You were in Ring of Honor, was it? Or some more of the indie circuit stuff that you kind of got me into. I came over one time for a pay-per-view. At and Germany's you house. left. Uh, you didn't even stick around for the full thing. I remember that, yeah. Um,
1: uh, as far as stuff like watching stuff today, not really a whole lot because um, I'm so busy with work, my gay scene, and my girlfriend. And what free time I do have, I try to be productive. I fail, but I try to be productive. But I... I um, my friend did hook me up with this password to his uh, network account, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to his WWE network account, um, and I, I will catch some of like the the latest pay per views or at least select matches from it because still to this day I don't I'm not a huge fan of WWE's uh, as the wrestlers like to say product because I feel that the wrestling could be better like if it's like for your television shows yes i know you have to rein it in a little bit your weekly television shows but if you're having this build up to these pay-per-views that's when i feel you should let their wrestlers take the handcuffs off and go all out and have like great matches you know i feel like especially like what they tried to do what they used to do back in the day with ecw is like every match every wrestler well from what i understand, the model was like they were trying to Beat all the other matches, so they tried to put on the best match that they could. Mm -hmm. Some did really well, some flopped horribly. You know, I can't say ECW had the greatest wrestling of all time, but it definitely had some great matches and stuff. But I just wish that the WWE would emphasize that philosophy too for like their pay per views. Or,
0: sorry, well, are they really pay per views now? Well, it feels like that's the only product they have in every. Daytime or, like, weekly thing is just a promotion for the pay-per-view now. Nothing really happens during the weekday shows, But is it really a pay-per-view?
1: Because you don't have to order it now. You just get in on the network since they switched everything over yeah, to I mean, the network.
0: Yeah, I mean, they still, I guess, yeah, they still call it a pay-per-view. Because you can just pay the $10, get it, and then you get a free month. And yeah. you don't have to necessarily stay with the network. There's no adding or distracting, so.
1: Yeah, all right, so. I guess it's a better the...
0: deal nowadays if you were gonna, to get a pay-per-view. You might as well get the network to have all the extras on there. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the network does have
1: a lot of cool things. I mean, I even went down like a rabbit hole uh, for some reason. I watched uh, when the NWO first came to the WWF at the time, you know, and then I decided to look up Rock versus Hogan, WrestleMania 18, and just to, just to see. The... I remember watching that pay-per-view when it happened. I think it was at Buffalo Wild Wings when they used to have uh, – Oh yeah, they used to have the pay per views. They there. had the monthly pay per views, so I would just meet up with uh, our mutual friend Charlie Clapp and a few uh, wrestling uh, fans, and we would just watch the pay per views at Buffalo Wild Wings. And watching Rock versus Hogan was definitely a um, it was mind blowing. Like how into the the crowd was like both at the pay per view, you could hear the audience. I think in Canada, really cheering for Hogan, and then some for the Rock, and then hearing the audience, like, at Buffalo Wild Wings uh, cheering or booing, depending on who they were into, and it was just – it felt like it was – it felt a part of something. It was pretty cool, you know? And then after I watched the Rock versus Hogan match, I decided to go back and find, I think, SummerSlam 2005, Shawn Michaels versus uh, Hulk Hogan, where Shawn purposely went out of his way to oversell everything that Hulk Hogan did to him (laughs) and make Hulk Hogan look like a fool in the process, you know? And – yeah. But back to, like, indie stuff. Uh, like, I'll catch... Like, if there's a match that I heard that uh, did really well or um, or was really over with the crowd, I would try to go look it up um, online. Like, New Japan has had some cool stuff. I haven't really watched any Ring of Honor stuff, like, current Ring of Honor stuff in a long time. Like, I fell off a long time ago. And oddly enough, like, in May, they're coming to the Deltaplex. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that. But speaking of pro wrestling... I was just at I don't, I don't I didn't even think about inviting you. I felt so now that I think well, about thanks. it. Thanks. I see how good of friends we're. Well, um, yeah, yeah, you suck as a person. Um, <laughs> Saturday night downtown at the Masonic uh Lodge. Uh, Independence Pro Wrestling uh, was a uh, was making their debut in Grand Rapids. Oh, so that was actually interesting. You know, uh, it was my first wrestling a live wrestling show in a long time, and it was. They did a lot, actually. You for ten bucks, you got your money's worth. And they even had like a death match type, uh, main event, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "You don't need to kill yourselves for a ten dollar admission indie show." I was like, "Where's the pay?" I have to agree with Jim Cornette. It's like these wrestlers are killing themselves, and it's not really a big payoff to it. You know yeah. and I really appreciate the effort, um it's like the t- it's real it's still real to me damn it guy. <laughs> I appreciate what the wrestlers um do to entertain the crowds, but if you're not getting a huge payday off of it, there's no reason to blade your forehead and just have a crimson mask. Um one guy, when I don't know if you've ever been into the Masonic lo- uh temple or Slash lodge, but they have like a gym like area and there's like a um and upstairs, and you can look over the balcony. One guy went up to the top of the balcony and dove what? off of it. Yes. Holy shit. Like, he dove off of it onto, like, the other wrestlers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a little... This was, like, the main event, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, you don't have to do this. I appreciate it, but you don't have to do this for indie match. <laughs> and then, like, And then, like his partner, his finisher, he gets on the top rope. He's gonna—I thought he was just gonna drop an elbow. He then takes out a lighter, lights his elbow pad on fire, just to drop a Macho Man elbow onto his opponent. I was like, it was mind blowing, but it was definitely a good time.
0: How much was tickets for that? Ten bucks. Oh wow, that's damn. That's a lot more entertainment. Because I was gonna say there was eight matches, ten bucks. I went uh, last summer to a a paper or not pay per view uh, Monday Night Raw that was here in town that it was right after uh pay-per-view uh i forget which one it was but it was usually the ones right after a pay-per-view are pretty big you know yes for sure and it was a really good show and we actually had third row seats it was the first time that we me and my couple of buddies were like i've always wanted to sit on the floor let's see how much and they were about 110 bucks we're like we can do it. 110 bucks, dude. Yeah. No way. I remember back in the day when Raw
1: and I at when the Attitude Era was going on. I never paid that much money.
0: Oh, I yeah. never did before too. I mean, they're just. But for us, it was worth it to do it one time, and being that close was actually a different experience. Now, this past uh, month, we went to uh, Raw again. That was uh, right before uh, Hell in a Cell. It was lacking in everything too many promotions which i enjoy storyline story to me is life and that's you mean like I, promos like when they're talking yeah well or anything that is is i like the in the ring stuff but i like the more substance that kind of says why they're in the ring or setting up some things but hopefully it would come to fruition a little bit during the match there's a lot of shit just for the pay-per-view yep like i said all promoting the pay-per-view people in the back that you're like they're going to come out and wrestle or maybe they came out and talked but then all of a sudden the lights go down and then it's commercial break. And then, of course, you know, the behind-the-scenes magic, you know, not everything that you see on the TV yeah. is how it goes. There was a lot more of that than I've... And that's the most I've ever seen at any uh, show, Raw, or even a house show. I was left kind of wanting. And it, it. I'm at a point now where I'm like, I could be a better writer. I think anyone could be a better writer than what they're doing. I don't get it. And Becky Lynch is the man, and she's my favorite. And what they're forcing uh, Charlotte Flair to kind of be on in there, and I don't know if you've watched. Have you watched? I'm familiar. I, well, I may not watch, but I definitely
1: keep up, up and, to like, date on like what's going so on. So
0: surprised uh, how uh, Ronda Rousey has done. I was uh, huge on this person. She's you know she's gonna probably hurt someone. She's not gonna go how to, know how to take back a fist punch or stuff. She is actually one of the best wrestlers I've seen in a while was a little bit rusty at first, but she's coming to her own and I'm pleasantly surprised with that. No, and I and I, 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 can totally uh, see where you're coming from on that one,
1: and I, I appreciate, because um, she's treating it Ronda is treating it seriously. She's actively trying to learn how to wrestle instead of like, hey I'm a celebrity, I'm going to come in and just do like a, a one-off thing, yeah. you know and then I'll be back to wherever I came from, you know and no, she, I mean, the fact that she got permission to have uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper's jacket, one of his jackets, you know. And yeah.
0: Like,
1: um, she pays homage to him every time she comes out, you know, and she clearly has a love for pro wrestling. I mean, like when Ronda Rousey was fighting, um, back in the day, I just never cared too much for her cocky personality. She could certainly back it up in the um, octagon, but I just never cared that much for her. Now I found out. You know, like, the little things that she was always into super nerdy stuff. Like, she clearly liked Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. So, like, if I was going to do an interview, I would definitely want to interview her about pro wrestling and uh, anime, you know? Yeah. And even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because that's, like, that would be a different angle, and I'm pretty sure. Because she's clearly a geek, you know?
0: And I, I think that's awesome. Well, that's you know? what I, finding out, that it makes me like some wrestlers a little bit more when you find out that they kind of have that geek side. Uh, having uh, the New Day, like, they definitely love Dragon Ball Z with some of their outfits, and obviously they're always playing video games. I heard that they've done tournaments. Oh yeah, up, up, Southern down, wrestling. down.
1: Yeah. I met I met um, Xavier Woods earlier this year um, when I was out in Maryland at MAGFest. Um, have I ever told you about MAGFest? No. Oh my god, it is, uh, it is, for all the conventions I go into Michigan, it is literally the best convention I've ever been to, and it, I've gone now twice. It's the beginning of the year, first weekend in January, and it will be my yearly vacation. Um, it just blows everything that I've been to out of the water. I mean, and yes, uh, there's been plenty of cool events throughout Michigan, but Magfest speaks to me on many levels. It, MAG sh- is short for Music and Gaming Festival. Oh, okay. So it's a, uh, it's a music festival centered around video games. So they will literally bring in musicians and bands from all over the world to come in to either perform... Their covers of video game tunes, like with the various genres or music inspired by video games, and they've even had um original composers of soundtracks come in and perform with a backup band. Like in the past, they've had nobuo uematsu who was the Final Fantasy uh composer. Uh, this year they had um, oh man, I I forgot his name, but he was the guy who did the Command & Conquer series. Okay. And he had a backup band as well. And one of the main guests, he didn't perform, but they brought in Takashi Tataishi, I want to say. Uh, he was the guy responsible for the Mega Man 2 soundtrack. Awesome. And since Xavier Woods, or Austin Creed as they refer to him, has, you know, Up Up Down Down, his YouTube channel centered around video games, he was a guest this year. So, um, he was dressed up as uh, he did cosplay throughout the weekend, so he was Parappa the Rappa one day. And he was uh, Skate um, from Streets of Rage, too. Oh. So, yeah, and uh, I got to meet him briefly after, because uh, he came on stage with uh, uh, during uh, my favorite rapper's Mega Ran. Mega Ran was performing. Mega Ran's awesome. He raps a lot about video games, and he's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records for making the most songs about Mega Man related stuff cool dude doesn't curse um and not, i don't know that's not really a big deal but he's just my favorite rapper and i finally got to see mega ran at Magfest, and so while mega ran was performing uh he's like hey you want me to bring out my friend you know and then austin came out because mega ran's a huge wrestling fan too so he's he's made a few uh albums based on re- pro wrestling so he'll take some of the wwe songs and turn them into rap oh, songs. Nice. So that's what he did with uh his Matt Mania albums. I think there's like three of them, two or three. And he did one on like New Day. So that's when Austin came out. And Austin came out with what I refer to as the Clappers because he brought out these three... And Mega Ran wasn't even expecting that because Mega Ran runs like a PG show. But about these three ladies who were scantily clad and they were twerking on stage so I was like front row for that I just was I mean I wasn't front row for that in particular I was just front row just to see Megaran perform and then unbeknownst to me these three ladies are coming out clapping their booties on stage and I was just like (laughs) so this is what this looks like up close and Megaran was like surprised himself you know because I talked to Megaran after that I was like so did you know that was going to happen he's like no I had no idea Austin said like hey can I bring my friends out (laughs) And I was like, sure. And then they brought that out. So I met Austin like afterwards because he was hanging out with Mega because those two were friends. And I was like, Austin was trying to leave, and I was just like, Hey. Went up to him, shook his hand. I was like, Hey, dude, I appreciate the years of entertainment. Thank you for what you do. And he was like, I appreciate it. And then when I was way. Just
0: stuck him a card. No,
1: no. All right, trying to get an interview with him. Come on, dude. Let's look at it this way. You think the WWE would allow that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a little bit more. Even lockdown. if I was, even if I was interviewing him as oh. Austin Creed. For his channel
0: you think the wwe would do that i think though they you still have that. they still have some of their own choices i mean come on now i know they have like contracts they have to sign in blood with vince mcmahon but i mean nah i just i don't know and plus, i mean it may i mean and i'm not, I'm not uh, saying that you wouldn't be worth the time but i'm sure too they have to balance traveling on the road and everything to be able to do that but i i always say it it never hurts to ask that's true, but if I really
1: wanted to set up an interview with him, I'm sure I have means of trying to contact him through oh, people through that I know. You, yeah, you know. I got you. And also at the same time, it's like, I um, MacFest. Back to MacFest. MacFest is still like it's going to be my yearly vacation. I it's music permeates that whole convention, dude. It really is. Like it starts Thursday morning at ten a.m. and you buy um, once. You can buy your badges and stuff like that, but once two p.m. on Thursday kicks in, it is nonstop twenty-four hours until Sunday evening when it closes down. And music performances out the wazoo. There's like eight places for performances alone, including like a hallway slot for people that aren't even uh, performing at the convention. Like, if like say, for instance, you and I were musicians, we could just do a pop-up performance right there. You know, they've uh, it was like three o'clock in the morning and there were people jamming on musical instruments in the hallway. And it's just they have this huge stage and they have great video and lighting and like the gaming section of it session I at part of it is the best gaming setup I've ever seen. Uh for like if you're like into LAN, they have like this huge like conference room and I saw at least three hundred computers in there. That's like stuff provided. You can also bring your own too. So it was
0: just like this poof. is like a mega great bit that we have here, right?
1: Well it just blows Great Bit Live out of the, well, the water. I'm sure, dude. Yeah,
0: but I would love to have a great bit to get back to bigger, to have something like this, because I, I enjoyed that. It was different. Oh, for sure. And, and it's definitely a different type, so I didn't know that there's many other conventions out there. No, well, like, if you're into video game that.
1: music, this is the convention to go to.
0: Um, It sees about, like,
1: twenty thousand, over 20,000 people over the span of the weekend. Um, It's been going on, I think, for, like, 18 years. But back to the gaming thing, because uh, I know I'm rambling. Uh, They have one room for – they have three – convention halls for gaming. One for retro, I meant one for consoles from retro up until current, one for indie developers to show off their stuff, and one for arcades. All of them,
0: 24 hours. This already sounds like a better E3 than E3 is.
1: Oh, yeah, and the thing is, it's like, it's not focused on, you won't, it's run by fans, so it's not like, hey, let's bring in, like, the best games and demos and stuff like that. No, they don't even have, like, Microsoft or, Stony, or Sony or Nintendo to having like official uh, reps showing off their newest stuff. No, this is all uh, MacFest is mainly about the music first and foremost,
0: you know, and it's great. What uh going to like classics and everything, what's your favorite video game growing up? Or you can you can name a handful. Like what which ones when you look at your childhood, you're like that childhood the game. Childhood or like of all time? Well Bring me through the years. Let's say when you're a child to then maybe a teenager, your genre might have changed. And Did then... you actually do
1: research this time?
0: Yes. No. Fuck
1: <laughs> <not>. <laughs> no. No. Um, obviously, like the first Nintendo system, I mean, the first system I ever uh, had was like uh, a Nintendo that my grandma bought for me. And I remember years later, she was like, the kids are so focused on their video games. I was like, hey, you bought me my first Nintendo. You were the one who planted that seed. You have yourself to blame, you know, for that. Um uh, like when I was growing up, obviously since I'm thirty-seven clerks. Thirty-seven <laughs> in a row? No, but uh I liked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, the Manhattan Project. Project. Yep. Um I remember I had I remember back then those games were like that game was seventy dollars and I couldn't get it right away. My aunt had to uh put that on a layaway at Kmart. Seventy dollars for a Nintendo cartridge, and it's funny like kids nowadays are like sixty dollars for a PS four game. That's too much. Nah, no, nah, we paid more back in the day. You know, Super Nintendo games were expensive. I liked uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, obviously. Huh? Just drawing a blank. What you played? No, I'm talking about like the games that I enjoyed from the Nintendo area. Teenage. Any uh, Zelda? I yeah. I see. I. am didn't really understand the legend of zelda when i first played it when i played it in the super nintendo a link to the past mm-hmm. yeah it's still one of the greatest games of all time yep. in my opinion i liked uh super mario world 2 yoshi's island like super mario world i thought that was cool but yoshi's island that was pretty cool i really liked the um just the graphical presentation the art direction of that game uh i enjoyed uh Kirby Superstar Deluxe. So you had eight Kirby games.
0: Did you ever go to like Blockbuster and just rent video games? On I rented LinkedIn? them all the
1: time, dude. That was yeah. like one of the things I looked forward to. Like when I um, begged my parents for to borrow money. And I remember like my grandma took me to a Blockbuster. Nintendo. And I played, I think it was Iron Tank and Mega Man, the first one. And like I liked Mega Man better, but I
0: could never beat it because you know, didn't understand the complexities of that game oh, yeah. at the time. When Oh, Mega! I fucking sucked at that when I was a kid. Being older, I was able to go back, like, fuck yeah, I finally beat it because it's. You know, I still can't do it, man. Oh well, you know what's crazy though nowadays. Not without cheating. Video games, you let. I've seen research on it too. You get kids to play these old school games, and they're just like lost. They don't have like the dexterity. Well, I mean, they have dexterity, but they just don't understand the simplicity of some buttons, Mm -hmm. or that there's no saves points, so they just think they can just die and then like wait, oh, I have to start over. Yeah. So it's made it simpler, but then uh, to now, I think that I have a... Anyone that grew up in that era, having gone through the many motions, because of how tough some of those games are and how kind of easy modes they have now, were far better gamers having grown up in our era than if you were transplant the kids nowadays back that way. I could see that, but also taking an old-school gamer and just,
1: who do, just stuck with their era of stuff, and then they tried playing, like, say, for instance, PS4, and you have all those buttons on that. Okay. Like, you have eight buttons just for, like,
0: uh, just to do stuff. And this is not the directional pads. You have eight <coughs> buttons alone. I guess I would say you'd they'd have to at least have grown up with the... Um, the N64 where there's, there's an extra handle here. What the hell is this for? Oh kind yeah, for like. sure. But like, I
1: find like when I've held like the old school controllers, like they don't feel as comfortable
0: as feel like a like like toggle, like the trigger buttons and stuff. No, Like
1: this, the, even the NES controller is like, this is, this is small and this doesn't feel comfortable on the hands because now like our controllers nowadays are, I guess ergonomically. And I don't know why I'm doing quotation marks on an audio podcast, but ergonomically more fit for our hands. And it does feel comfortable. Because I feel like when I've been playing like old Nintendo games, my hands can cramp up during that. Okay, you know. Yeah. you know. But I still, I have an appreciation for games throughout the, the years. Um, all right, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, underrated video games, sir.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Under, you're getting interviewed now. Underrated. I would, I think. I feel that it had uh, a lot of people, but I don't think a lot of people know about it. Was, uh, fuck, and I just was thinking about that. Oh, game that's Cube. a great game. I haven't played that in a while. <laughs> uh, uh, Eternal Darkness. Okay, for the Nintendo 64? Uh, it was GameCube. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Dude. Uh, that game. That's where the sanity, um, you would go insane. Meter. And there's a lot of things that would. It would fuck with the screen. It would fuck with a lot of things that having uh, in college some of my friends play it and I'm not telling them about that and I'm thinking, what the fuck's going Why is there a fly on the screen and going trying to swat it and then realizing that it's part of the screen there or the volume going down so they're turning up the volume and then all of a sudden it goes full blast. When it comes- There were so many things within that game that made it unique that I would love to see what they could do nowadays with, oh, yeah. w- with cameras and stuff, but I don't think it, it, enough people appreciated the insanity meter and what they put into that game. I have a copy of that game. I just never, ever got to... I didn't get very far into it. And it had a compelling fucking... St- it was like some dark, like Cthulhu-type shit. And you went through... It was almost like an Assassin's... The new Assassin's Creed where you went through different timelines. Okay. Because it, it went from... Oh, yeah, that's right. You, did person, you had different uh, people in her family that had this secret to this crypt and whatever. And, yeah, I I think that would be... Yeah, the most uh that's an underrated game for you?
1: Yeah. I feel an underrated game for me is Kirby's Epic Yarn for the Nintendo Wii. So you're familiar with Kirby, right? Yeah, I've like played
0: most of all the games. I haven't have played you? that one.
1: Okay, so like and the, t- for those who don't know at home, the typical Kirby game is like you're that pink puff ball and you have you're a vacuum and inhale everything. And like certain enemies if you inhale them and you swallow them, cuz Kirby's a mass murderer if you think about it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um oh yeah, he spits them out as stars. No, you're a mass murderer, Kirby. Let's look at it like it is. Just like Nathan Drake for like the Uncharted games. People are like, Oh, this is a great game. He goes into ancient civilizations, wrecks them, and he murders scores of people throughout all the games and like, yeah, he's fine. I was like, no, he's a war criminal who should be brought to trial, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. So for Kirby, like for certain enemies, if you inhale them, you gain like their powers and stuff like that. One of my favorites, Ninja Kirby, introduced in uh, Kirby's uh, Superstar Deluxe. Uh, <laughs> Kirby's Superstar Deluxe on the Super Nintendo. But Kirby's Epic Yarn, they issue uh, they all of that. Because originally the game was supposed to... It wasn't a Kirby game in the first place. It was uh, one of the characters in Kirby's Epic Yarn, Prince Fluff, was supposed to be the main character of that. Okay. And uh, the whole point of the game is, uh, especially aesthetically, it's designed to look like fabrics and garments and stuff like that. So uh, Kirby is literally um, made out of yarn in this game, graphically. So Prince Fluff, Nintendo felt like they wouldn't be able to do anything, so they... Attach Kirby, Kirby to it. And then they added all this other stuff. And, like, uh, art direction-wise, it looks amazing. And it's, like, they're very creative of what they do with it, especially some of the boss fights. And it's catered more towards children. You literally cannot die in that game. You cannot. It is impossible to die in that game. Like, you get to collect, like, gems and stuff, and they'll give you a better score at the end of the the stage, and it'll unlock, like, next stages the next stage or other stages, like bonus stages. But if you lost all your gems and stuff, you could still beat the enemy and stuff like that. The main boss at the end of the stage, if there is a boss fight. So I think it looked great graphically. And at first, when I started playing, I was like, yeah, it's just a kid's game. But then when I started getting into it, I got hooked. And the soundtrack to it is amazing. Like, they, it's a lot of it's piano driven. And they definitely have a few different, um, genres there's some jazz one and there's this one that I felt was like really uh French because uh has an accordion and uh, stuff like <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. Green Greens. But it's an amazing soundtrack and like they could have just easily just put together some middies and called it good. But like this is like piano driven soundtrack throughout the whole thing. And like it was like Lava Landings is amazing and Cool Caves is another great song. And like Kirby Cur- uh this rendition of Green Greens um, Kirby's Epic Yarn, thumbs up. you feel it's the best soundtrack in a video game? No, no, no. What What do you What do you feel is the best? I mean, that's definitely up there for my favorite soundtracks, but one of my favorite soundtracks of all time
0: is Castlevania Symphony of I the I was night. just going to say, I, I don't know if even it's that one, but I'd always be drawn to that because more people know it, but all the Castlevania games that kind of came from that, that were on the Nintendo DS and everything. Okay, okay. Had great... Because they were all kind of based off the symphony formula, so they had that very melodic uh, organ and you know uh, yeah, orchestra. I, ha- I know I have those games,
1: um, but Symphony of the Night definitely because uh, Michiru Yamane was the she was the one who did uh, uh, she was the composer for all the for that particular soundtrack, like uh, Dance of Pales, or I think yeah. Or the Pearl Waltz, I think that's the original name for it. But when it got translated, it was known as Dance of Pails. Uh, Is one of my favorite songs of all time for video game soundtracks. It's just amazing. Obviously, I like the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. Um, I lo- I, I, I like Kingdom Hearts. I mean, but... yeah, I, I it depends on the world. Like, I love the uh, Halloween towns, you well, know, yeah. uh, from Kingdom Hearts too. But um, yeah, man, I. And it's funny that I do plan on introducing like some sort of musical segment for uh, my geek scene. Um, yeah, for those who are listening to that early <laughs> early access right there. But yes, uh, definitely Symphony of the Night is probably one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. It's funny that I'm blinking right now. but That's what
0: I am too, and I'm trying to just think of this, but I was like... But there's you really... so many
1: great video game soundtracks out there. Mega Man 2 has an iconic soundtrack. Um Castlevania three from the Nintendo has some awesome uh, tracks to it. It's just, and that's the thing I love about video game music is, one, it's definitely linked to, like, special places and memories in in all of us. And, like, for some, like our childhood. So it does have the nostalgic factor for it. But video game music, um,
0: depending on who's composing it, is just awesome. What do, what do you think about the best uh, anime opening Ooh, credit? okay,
1: so we're going into the anime subject right now. Okay. Um, I definitely would have to say Tank from Cowboy Bebop is definitely up there because it's an awesome track by Yoko Kano and the Seatbelts. Um, I don't know if... Yeah, I think I discussed... I talked to you... I suggested to you to, to watch, check yeah. out Cowboy Bebop. Um, that's definitely up there. Um... Uh, like, if are we talking about like songs composed for the show in itself, no, just or the, song... um,
0: just kind of the open like you know? No, no I'm no, yeah. not talking
1: about like openings because like it depends on the show. Because like Cowboy Bebop was like an original show, 26 episodes, self-contained story. It wasn't based on any comics and stuff like that, like manga. Like you have Naruto, which uh, had numerous openings through it, but they weren't like necessarily songs, or at least from what I understand, songs that weren't were not created. For the show. They've taken some popular songs over um, and placed them onto the show. And they introduced me to some pretty cool ones, like their original, I'm mean, at the opening song the, for the first ap- episodes. Rocks, that's a cool song. Uh, Fighting Dreamers by the band Go, that's an awesome song. Haruka Kanata by um, Asian Kung Fu Generation. Uh, there's like all these cool songs that went with Naruto's uh, soundtrack. Um, <laughs> it's just. Like some people are going, like, oh, no, Roots was overrated. Nah, no, I disagree with that. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's an awesome, awesome series. Um,
0: let's, man, let's, I feel that there's there's a lot of great openings though. Yeah, dude. there's so many. Um, and I don't even understand the lyrics half time. I, I mean, neither do I. But, but I, I, I still read them. And a lot of those though, you can skip ahead through the opening credits. I just get lost in the music that I end up being like, oh, I just. I didn't waste a, a minute and a half but I I sat through the opening credits again because the songs are just very good and pull you in.
1: Yeah, it really depends. Like um, cuz they definitely have some one like uh for Attack on Titan for the first uh 26 episodes. So they def- they had two two openings, but they're definitely iconic songs. Um certainly linked with those shows. I don't know what the names of the bands were, but uh they definitely uh like the vocalist definitely had uh, I mean, infatuations with the uh the German language because they would throw out <laughs> Jaeger. Yeah. They, they definitely <laughs> like to throw out the word Jaeger in there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> let me see. My goodness, uh, I liked Trigun's opener. Um, I think it was Yeah, I didn't really understand what the I mean because I have like quite a few uh anime soundtracks actually on my MP3 player. Naruto. Um, the original Naruto series before it went on to Shippuden, which was a separate series but still continuation of the story uh, I have all the Cowboy Bebop soundtracks on my MP3 player, I have the Trigun soundtrack I recently had purchased the um, soundtrack for the first season of Blood Blockade Battlefront um, which is a show that was created by the same guy who did Trigun I don't know if you're familiar with Trigun
0: oh yeah, I, that's my that was my gateway anime? well actually no Dragon Ball Z was my gateway. Trigun was was the show that on Saturday nights, because we'd stay up late at our house because we were kids and didn't really go out, uh, it was on Adult Swim. Okay. And A, not knowing where or when the show started or, or whatever, we didn't watch a lot of serialized cartoons when we were younger, so Simpsons, you can watch that episode and, and whatever. So not knowing what was going on, we, we kind of just, me and my brother made fun of it while we're flipping through channels and go back and not knowing what the fuck was going on. It was that and Cowboy Bebop that were on Adult Swim at the time. Fast forward to uh, like maybe a year later and randomly we got Dragon Ball Z was on and it was like, oh, there's a dragon. Oh, and then there's Wishes. So we kind of got into that and luckily that flipped around to where we got the full first season. So that's where we really got in. And from there... It was uh, Gundam Wing yes. was also on. It was a after so like watching more of these after school. What's even funnier is earlier today, my mom uh, was just talking to her. She goes, "Do you want the your old tapes?" And like of what she goes, well, like of the Simpsons or there's some Dragon Ball Z ones here because she would tape them for us when we we're at football practice. Nice, so we could then go home and because fuck man, with how many they started to actually coming out, I didn't want to wait to have the, the series to come around to catch up. Then again, though, we probably could have missed one episode, and it'd only been a couple seconds in the show. But I digress. From after watching Gundam, I just go, "Me and my brother both had a kind of realization of maybe we shouldn't judge them all." And there's been a couple where I didn't really like or where it went. But Trigun was on, and we found out it was the first episode. We're like, "We're gonna watch this," and I'm like. Oh, this is kind of cool. Okay. Vash and then the stampede. And then uh, Wolf with his giant fucking uh, arsenal and a then Wolfram? cross. Yeah. I was like, okay, down. And the fucking gun cannon that could come out of mm-hmm. Ash. Yeah. it. We then were like, okay, we need to start watching more. And then pretty much every single show we watched, we pretty much loved. I own the, uh, the original box set for both
1: Trigon and gundam wing and i own the original box set for <laughs> outlaw star that was back on the day um through either tsunami or adult swim but uh trigon um actually ties into blood blockade battlefront because they were both created by yasuhiro uh, i think his last name's nito so trigon's awesome soundtracks to that it's pretty cool but uh blood blockade battlefront the premise for that is like um is like set in, it's New York City. It really is. Okay. So some reason, for some reason, never explained, a portal to a demonic dimension had opened up in New York, and the military couldn't get rid of it. Nothing could get rid of it, and then just life went on. So people are just like, yeah, we're just uh, demons. I <laughs> mean, um, like these, uh, these creatures and human beings are just living together like just in new york so like they just both assimilated together so there's these um this agency that is hunting down like uh bad guys and stuff like that so it's it's a pretty cool show and like they recently did a second season uh because i thought it was just going to be a one and done series but then when they released the second season and um through um i watched it recently and it's the animation on there is top quality and it's I think it has a great dub to it as well. But man. <laughs> <laughs> I can certainly if you're interested I can certainly lend you the first season.
0: Oh yeah, definitely let me. Are they though? They're all dubbed. Uh yeah, well,
1: since I do have the DVD, Blu-rays and stuff okay. like that, you can mm-hmm. watch either subbed or dubbed. Okay. But yeah, Trigun back in the day, man. Damn. I so,
0: was, well, that's what uh uh I recently also restarted I should have gotten into Cowboy Bebop since last we talked about. I haven't, uh, but now that I remember, I will write that down, lose the paper, forget about it till next time we talk, and then probably get to. I
1: possibly. I mean, I can lend it to you. Okay, that good. No, you ain't getting the Blu-rays. You just getting the DVDs. So,
0: oh. <laughs> like my friend's currently borrowing the first uh, uh, volume. Okay. But I just got back into Death Note and okay. we watched, and that was also, that was actually after we just gave in and started watching everything, but. They only have the first season on Netflix, and I couldn't find anywhere streaming the second season. I'm like, well, okay, I need to finish this now because I'm back into it, and such a good show. And so then I'm like, Netflix has done such a good job of having a plethora of animes, but they don't have them all. That's for sure. Um, I have my cousin's, uh, is it Crunchyroll? I have his account that I can sometimes go into, but even they don't have everything that I'm looking for. Yeah, it's kind of like you have. To, I mean, you have to have numerous
1: accounts. I have a fun. I have a, a paid subscription to Funimation. Um,
0: and oh, like, I bet you that probably would be good. They probably have a bunch of they, stuff well, that's aired, right?
1: Uh, it depends if it's something that they brought over. Because if you want to watch all of Cowboy Bebop, you can actually they have now the rights to uh, stream Cowboy Bebop. Okay, with uh dubbed, um. It depends. Like I just recently finished watching the show on there called Pop Team Epic. It's like one of the most random shows I have ever seen and like it's like as if the uh, robot chicken met anime. But um it's based on this manga of like four four panel gag mangas, so like four pon- panels, and then he gets to the punch. Okay, thing. yeah. So, but it also makes a lot of pa- uh, references or parodies to other animes. You know, parodies of other animes, should I say? Um, but damn, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, what, what I, I wanted to, I wanted to touch upon this. Like back in the day, like you kids that are listening nowadays, you have it so much easier to have access to like anime. And hell, even comic books nowadays. And I'll get to that in a moment. But, like, back in the day when I had to buy DVDs and stuff like that, I said I owned the original Trigun box set. That's, like, eight DVDs. And I think they all have four episodes apiece. Maybe one might have five. And I paid $160 for that. And I thought it was a great deal. Now you can get that box set, uh, well, a slim uh, version of that with all the DVDs for less than $40. Gundam Wing. I own the entire original box set for that. That's ten bucks I mean, that's ten DVDs. I paid two hundred dollars of that at Damn. uh Suncoast Video back in the day when that store existed. Now you can get the entire Um Blu ray set of Gundam Wing with the two movies that they released for I think it was probably around I think it might be $176. But that's Blu ray. Yeah. You know, and nowadays, the thing that got me excited, I've been ordering comic books out the wazoo, and I think you'll be, uh, because <laughs> I didn't used to, like, actually purchase comics to own. I mean, besides, like, helping friends by buying their issues and stuff like that. There was, like, a few manga stuff, like, that I would purchase. Like, I own the entire Trigun series. Um, but. Now, like, as of this year, they're releasing, like, all this stuff that were like, collecting in these expensive editions. now they're, like, re-releasing them. I have, uh, as of, like, today, like, this morning, I purchased, like, all five books. And I know there's more for Powers. So, like, they're making omnibuses for that. Um, I now own all of Hellboy, uh, the Mike Mignola run. Um, well, obviously, he's the one behind it. Um, there's six books. And all of them have well over 300 pages apiece. I bought Preacher you know all six books for that um, I, I recently like last year i bought the entire naruto manga series which is 72 volumes so Holy it's like these cow. three massive box sets and for all three of them with tax and shipping and handling included i paid 319 damn that's a stellar price because when you buy manga like uh usually like shonen jump manga like that that's roughly around 10 bucks a pop. So 72 times 10, you do the math. I recently bought the Full Metal Alchemist uh, box set that has like 27 volumes in it. I have been going full ham, and I I was doing this to establish more credit through the bank, even though I had an excellent credit score, but it went down to good, because for five (laughs) years, I didn't use a credit card. I just paid everything off on time, and uh, my credit score plummeted. Only in America, folks, that your credit score can plummet for being responsible
0: with your money, so. But going back to mangas and anime, and what, uh, what was your gateway? Oh, into, like,
1: oh, my goodness. I used to, um, when I watched anime, obviously Speed Racer, but then at the time, I didn't know that was anime. Mm -hmm. I used to get up in the morning to watch uh, Voltron, um, Mass, uh, I think it was a, Defenders of oh, the yeah, Universe. I guess, yeah, I guess Voltron, f- Voltron's an anime for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, I watch those shows. But I think the one that really, really hooked me in into anime was Street Fighter Two, the animated movie that was. Um, Released on tape, and I own, I think I've purchased that film now six times. Like, I had the original PG 13 tape that had the yellow cover, and then I got the red tape, which was the R rated one, mm-hmm. which just had blood put back into it, you know. Um, and then I, 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 I always forget, have about you ever it. seen that? Street Fighter II, the yeah, animated oh, yeah, movie? actually, I have seen that. Like,
0: that blue, I mean, like, that movie was like, doesn't live up to the Jean Vogue. <laughs> Jean Va- Jean-Claude Jean-Claude Claude Van Damme. I can't say. Yeah, that was that was a classic.
1: You're full of shit. Street Fighter Two: The Animated Movie blows that
0: out of the water. No, I'm kidding.
1: I'm I am kind of, but still, <laughs> you're full of shit for saying that. Yeah, quick,
0: change the channel.
1: But um. <laughs> But like the animation on that was amazing, and like when you watched uh, Ryu fight off against Sagat, and like the field, like the storm is going on in the background, yep. you see lightning flash on them, and then when he did the dragon punch, and his Sagat's chest just bursts into uh, a blood geyser, you like
0: wow, that was Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no, it was
1: like amazing, and like I got I got hooked onto anime um, because of that. I think that was more my gateway thing because I it was a huge. Fan into, I mean, I was a huge fan of Street Fighter Two for like the Super Nintendo, and then when I found out about the anime about that, uh, I would watch that too. I watched uh, Sailor Moon. I think I told this before, but I was that loser kid that would get up at five before <laughs> five thirty in the morning to watch Sailor Moon on local That's television. I couldn't get into, but and well, I enjoyed Sailor Moon. I mean, I just always, always had an appreciation for animation. You know, an anime is just I. I'm not one of those people like, well, it's the most superior form of uh, animation out there. No, I just like anime because uh, you alluded to it and mentioned it like uh, serial storytelling. Like one episode, like depending on the series. I mean, they, yes, some episodes were episodic. Everything would be wrapped up in the end, but there was this overarching story that I didn't really get from like GI Joe, Transformers, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, that's what I've always appreciated about uh, anime and manga is that overarching story. Um, but uh, quick mention on Naruto, that box set, the seventy-two volumes, that was fifteen years of that guy's life putting out a chapter each week for this overarching story that segued. I mean, that all connected, and I think that's amazing that you know somebody can work on something for so long and tell this long story. I mean, I mentioned to you before Berserk. I just recently started uh, ordering the books for that because now it's reached its 30th anniversary. And now re- um, there's like 39 volumes in the series. But now they're making like these uh, leather bound, once again, quotation marks, uh, large format print reprinting of this story. And it's like amazing artwork and whatnot. See, now, but never... what was your um, gateway into anime?
0: Well, as I said, it was the Trigon thing. Trigon was your first anime. Well, no, it it, it was what made us not, but it was then Dragon Ball Z after school. And then, the, but I would say like the, but I mean, then going back to, yeah, saying Voltron would probably be the first, and that's what my love of giant gestalts and forming. Did you starring. ever watch Ronin Warriors back in the day? Oh, I, actually, no, yeah, never mind. Ronin Warriors was the shit, and I forgot about that. I actually uh, own a couple figures because I love that show so much. And that actually set up to how I understand how most uh, (laughs) some of the like the two season type, you know, once they're done, they're they're done with their serials that you'll get to the end. You always have an extra person come and join the team. You may have the bad guy also join the good guys, but then they get a power upgrade. And then that one extra, the the white ranger is a green ranger to white ranger type thing. Oh, that was a good fucking show. I never finished that show. It was good. That was actually one of them that me and my brother were pissed because we we missed the last uh, episode. I missed it twice, and they never and said we had, it. Yep, it, But it was the summertime when it was on, and then we, we got to a point where we're like, holy shit, this is like the second to the last one. Parents, we can't go anywhere next Saturday morning. We got to sit in front of this TV and finally... Oh, yeah. no,
1: no, 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 no. My old man, because um, I was never into sports... He wanted me to play football, so he made me go get a physical on the day of that last episode. Oh, shit. And then when I came back the next day, series had started over again. You know, and then when it was getting close to the second time, they just stopped playing it. So I never have ever seen the last episode. That's the one I'm gonna worse. have to
0: re look up and see if that's online anywhere because I'd love to watch <laughs> that show again. I mean, you can. I would like for them to do a re release of that on.
1: DVD. The fact that, like I said, the kids are so lucky nowadays they can buy whole series. They can watch stuff streaming, you know, on various platforms, whether illegally or not. I would suggest to pay for the streaming services and support the industry because you're really hurting it when you're just streaming it illegally. And not, and, and I'm guilty of that too from back in the day. But now I try to uh, put money back into the artist or the company's pockets that are produ- producing mm-hmm. stuff. Because, like with the Naruto series, I watched, I mean, I didn't watch, I, um, uh, read each chapter online that fans translated. Yeah. And now I figured
0: putting money, it's it's something, you know. Now one of the things that I was just thinking of, w- when I was a kid though, never really thought of Ronin Warriors being an anime type or as Voltron and stuff, and also understanding that a lot of those come from from mangas. It was watching The Giver that, oh, yeah. that but- I then found out what a manga was. Cause here's a, a movie that randomly rented, that was kind of badass of this fucking suit with spikes coming out of its elbows and stuff, and I liked the movie. Didn't really kind of know everything about it, but as a kid, uh, I thought it was sweet. Que- and then I was like, "What? What is this based on?" And this is also kind of pre-internet, but going to the comic book shop and then seeing like in on a book, I was like, "Wait, that was that movie that I thought was sweet." So that was like my first exposure then to what a manga was. But, I mean, to be 100% honest, I've read maybe one or two, like, just of a single book. I just, I don't know why. Manga's great, dude. I love manga. I had recently,
1: uh, today before I came over, I picked up the final uh, volumes of uh, uh, this manga box set, the second part of a manga series. Uh, and I'm bringing out the book right now. I had bought the Battle oh. Battle Angel Alita um original series manga box set that they just recently released on Amazon. It was like I think one hundred and twenty seven dollars for like six hardcover books. Because Battle Angel Alita has uh don't lose my place in there, boy. Um, Battle Angel Alita has like three separate series. So I just bought. I mean, I have the original set, the original series. I in today I picked up the final omnibuses. Uh, that I ordered from Amazon for Battle Angel Alita Last Order, which is the second series, uh, the second story arc in the whole series. And then now they're in the process of uh, the artists and storytellers in the process of creating the third and final series called uh, the Mars Chronicles. And the, the fun fact about this is this series started in 1991. 1991. And James Cameron had been waiting for a long time to finally make this movie or assist with the movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I heard it was pretty good. I, uh, for an anime adaptation
0: well there was also the the like half hour hour um there was an anime series yeah well no it was it wasn't a whole series it was legit like maybe it was a little bit longer maybe it was four or a two hour movie slash it was the series it oh wasn't yeah that, was, that it was a movie it yeah, was right. yeah um that's correct and uh derek uh old co-host here Loved it and showed it to me. I go, this is actually pretty badass. I didn't know he uh, did a little bit of *Vandam* I mean, or well, it was mainly it. it was mainly just that. And I don't know what got him turned on to it, but that was like his thing. And it it's was a great story. overall. Following the development of this movie for forever, so he was finally happy that there was a movie out now of it. Yeah, I have yet to go see it, but
1: um, from one of my friends who seen it, he said they crammed a lot of the story into one movie, but he still felt that it was pretty good overall. So.
0: What uh, would you say is your favorite anime that you're reading right now? Or, I mean, not anime, manga that you're reading right now. Berserk, hands down. Okay, second favorite. Uh, Like, currently reading? um, Because for the longest time, I mean, like, I actually
1: started uh, forcing myself to start reading again. Instead of, like, being on the phone constantly. And I find that annoying and distracting so I was like I gotta start reading comic books because I read comic books all the time like every day I would try to set aside 15 minutes to half an hour um, just to read and I love reading so um, I had just finished a Joe Hill collection uh, that a co-worker lent to me so you know Joe Hill's responsible for Lock and Key oh yeah yeah
0: that's that's a great comic series that is great and you know they're making the show about it I was not aware of that yeah I oh, fuck now I forgot who Netflix has got it. Oh, cool! It was shopped around. Hulu was going to do it, and then they decided not to. And then so they had to reshoot the pilot, and they're they're going to remake an entire pilot with new actors and stuff. But that was such a, ser- a series that I heard about all the time going to the comic book store. But I was like, well, I missed the first run, and there wasn't a, a large print where you could find them in the quarter bins and everything, or they're a little more expensive never got into it, but then with digital That's world, definitely
1: not a quarter bin comic at all.
0: No, that, that's what I'm saying. And so then I was able to recently, uh, purchase them, um, digitally. It was fucking amazing. So, all right, you say you have them digitally. Um,
1: cause I know comics are expensive, but doesn't it lose like kind of its impact when you
0: have it digitally? Cause like for me, oh, I like to sure. hold that book in my hand. I do. That's why I still buy comics now, but they take up space. Oh, and, believe me, dude. And one of the big things is this, too. It's. I am. I still go to uh, conventions, not for thinking that I'm going to flip the book like some people do. I will look for key things that I want to have that I've always just wanted to own for me. Uh, that would be probably a series that I'd be like, God, I want to, because I loved it so much, get it to completion. And I would have loved to have read it you know, in my hands. But at the time when I was reading it, there wasn't any trade paperbacks at my, and actually I probably could have just asked them. I'm an idiot sometimes, but because actually that probably could have been the easiest route, but regardless, sometimes reading them on my Kindle, it's, they're there. I, you know, I can uh, give my brother a copy because he has a Kindle too. Okay. Um, I can easily share that it, it, and it's just, it, it condenses down things. Where if I bought them all physically, I love reading comics physically. It's just, then where am I going to put them? And then if I want to give them to someone, that's a Yeah, but you bunch. can always go to the library, too, dude. Fuck, I haven't gone to the library in a while. That's where I read through Sandman and uh, was Yeah, that's definitely Lucifer. a comic book
1: uh, that I would like to, yeah, Mike Carry. Um, and
0: actually, and that's where I, yeah, those two. And then there was a couple other books that I, I uh, think Fables was the one. Yeah, Fables. uh, So, all right, thoughts on Fables.
1: Did you read all of Fables? Yes. Okay. So, uh, spoilers for those. uh, You can skip this. I don't care. You probably turned off a long time ago for, like, my... uh, All of of, uh, Jack Fables, all of... I've read all that, but I'm talking about, like, the listeners at home. He's like, he's about to spoil Fables for me. Do you feel that Fables would have been stronger if it had just cut off right after they defeated Geppetto? It took back over... The no,
0: because some of the stories that came back uh later on, uh Mr. Uh, that's not Mr. True. Dark. Mr. Dark. That I thought was really good. But I think like they kept it kept going and going
1: and going when it should have just ended. That's how I felt about it. Like well, maybe yeah, after they defeated uh
0: Mr. Dark, I think they could have just cut oh, it. Oh, definitely off. I think they had, maybe it dragged down a little too much with some of the things that it seemed like they're going many different directions. I see though where it could have been a hell of a good story after uh, defeating Geppetto and that whole build up and all that was so great. But there were still good stories to tell that I'm glad they told them. It, it that is one of my favorite series that randomly decided to start reading and because of the library. I can thank Charlie Clapp for that one because he got me into so many
1: comics like Preacher. He got me into uh, Transmetropolitan. I think the... Sa- no, I think I got the Sandman comics through uh, the library and stuff like that. But Charlie Clapp was responsible for introducing me to a lot of good comics, including Fables as well.
0: What do you think of the whole overall series? Of oh, Fables? Yeah. I just told you.
1: Time for that awkward... No, uh... no, no, no. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I was like, time for that awkward moment. Like, I just told you. Weren't you paying attention?
0: Like ja- What about Jack of Fables? Oh, I enjoy or... Jack of Fables. Uh... Uh, and what was the other one? There were the oh, they weren't the unwritten. Unwritten was another. Thing. That's by Mike Carey. I didn't care too much for. Unwritten, but there but was d- well there was the crossover that they had towards the end. Oh okay. No I I uh, no there was another one though of this uh, uh,
1: the three like the agents uh, they were like um, Cinderella was a secret agent. There was oh oh I forgot about those. And ones, And then there too. was uh, the the female characters of of um, uh,
0: fables. They had like their own uh, book series as well. Like they had a few of them. I can't. I've actually read. All of those, but I'm thinking of the, when he made them, uh, there was the two girls and there was the guy that was like the, the writer of everything. Like it was very meta at the time. They weren't, uh, wait, this is through the fables universe. Yeah. Okay. There was a giant crossover between, uh, uh, Jack of fables and fables. And it actually it was how Jack fables end up dying or going and getting written out. Yeah. One of, I don't, I don't remember what it was now.
1: I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's definitely with Jack of Fables. Um, but um, I enjoyed Jack of Fables too. That was a I felt like anything that Bill Willingham was creating at that time, especially in the Fables universe, I totally dug. But like I said, I just felt that Fables as a whole, if it had just cut off like right after the Geppetto thing, it would have been it the would have li- been better. The literals, is the what litera- they were.
0: Okay, yes, I know what you're talking about. Huh. <sighs> and then there's Peter. Did you ever read the novel? Peter and Max. I did not read the novel. Um I think there was like two novels, wasn't there? I read the
1: I read the Big B Wolf spin-off title that they did, like uh, a short story mm-hmm. for that. Um Oh man. But no, overall like the side stuff. I think that's the thing I like about um if you have a good comic book series, if you could do successful spin-offs, and the quality of writing is good i really really dig that too you know like the naruto series actually has like six novels that are associated with it as well that are spin-off stories that never were um uh artistically i mean well there was not not an artist for it it was they were just written as side stories
0: did you know that uh bill is friends with uh dude that owns uh fuck they just Tardies? yeah do you know all right cuz he cuz i've met him twice one time here when i knew for free comic book day and i was like geeking out none of my friends kind of knew why because i'm like you guys need to read fables to know and that he came here to grand rapids for that but then because he was busy couldn't do an interview but said he could met him again at c2e2 and I was like you were at tari's ass and he goes oh yeah i do remember it was like a year prior got to finally interview him and oh. that was kind of a really cool how much time did you get with him uh 15 minutes nice I'm gonna have yeah. to look into that if I plan on it because I would
1: like to interview him at one point but I asked a, a another artist uh if they could set that up that in at least the introduction and they was like he's just so busy and they weren't blowing me off you know
0: that was well that was the year i had a hell of a good year at that uh c2 c2e2 you know who's coming to Tardis this year for their anniversary who
1: eric Powell really from the goon well yeah I know where he's from yeah So, it's like apparently it's like a 20th anniversary of The Goon now. And now they're re releasing The Goon um, in omnibuses again. And I saw like the first one for like uh, $30 on Amazon. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to pre order that. Because like (laughs) I remember reading The Goon books back in the day and I thoroughly enjoyed them, but then I lost track of stuff, you know, through the library. But now that they're actually collecting this stuff, that's what makes me excited as like, I guess, a consumer of these things. That I can get all of these things for. Fairly reasonable prices now. Like, I pre-ordered The Boys. I don't know if you ever read that from Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. No, but I like Garth Ennis. Okay, well, they re- they were turning it into a show. They did a trailer for it recently. The show is going to be coming out soon. So, are you familiar with the, the premise of The Boys? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, The Boys, um, superheroes, um, are basically... Some of them are just terrible human beings, but you don't see that in the public, you know, and um, they have like these groups covering up like superheroes, accidentally killing people or just being depraved people in general. And the boys, is like this uh, secret agency. I mean, this uh, small cell of people that are taking out superheroes that get out of line, you know, and that's the basic premise of that. And one of the main characters was purposely drawn to look like Simon Pegg, you know, (laughs) because his uh girlfriend was killed by a superhero who was just being very irresponsible wasn't watching where he's going and he like killed her at high speed okay you know and then now it's it's kind of a revenge story too so getting back at like the the main the, the seven which is the most powerful superheroes like in the world but they're uh six out of the seven are just really depraved people and you can see. The, the behind the scenes stuff of like how they act you know how they really act instead of the public image now they're doing a show on that uh oh, a live action true. show but when I was looking at the live action show I was like I don't see Simon Pegg in there at all if you have a comic book creator I mean, <laughs> yeah. a comic book character designed purposely to look like Simon Pegg you would probably want to hire Simon Pegg to be on the show
0: you know yeah. well of course though he, he, may, he obviously could turn it down out, well out of Hey, Range 2 sometimes. That's true, but at the same time... See, he's it's a like, movie star now. It's like, well, I mean, he always kind of was,
1: but... Kind of like um, with... Uh, what was it? That show. I mean, not that show. uh, The movie. Star
0: Trek? Or... No, with
1: the spinning bullets. Oh, uh, Wanted? Yes. You ever read the original Wanted? No. Oh, my God. It's great. Oh, I,
0: I bet it is. Do you know
1: what the premise of the original Wanted is? Is it that they're a secret organization that... Okay, so Wesley, the main character of Wanted, you know how in the movie like he gets pulled into like this assassination yeah. league that has spinning bullets and stuff like that. No, in the comic book, superheroes got tired of being getting the crap kicked out of them by superheroes, so they united Took over the world, wiped out the majority what? of the superheroes, is- and then they brainwashed the rest of society to forget about all that, but the superheroes are secretly running the world. So, Wesley, his dad, was like the um, world's greatest assassin. Wesley didn't know about that, and then Wesley slowly finds out about that and gets introduced into that world of supervillains. And then there's like a power struggle, like in the comic book, you know, and um, yes, and one of the character and Wesley's character was designed to look like Eminem. Like the rapper. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know why I would say it like that, but yes. But the comic book, I would definitely highly suggest reading Wanted because it's totally different from that garbage movie. I mean, it is it, it's it's solid. Mark is it Millar or Miller? Uh Millar. Mark Millar. He has some pretty good comics. I like the fact that he does things that are not expected. But mm-hmm. wanted, I would highly for those listening at home, definitely check out Wanted because it's definitely a better comic than the movie. I hate it when like movies are and I got a question for you, but I hate it when movies are or comic book properties. I understand that you can't have it page for page. That's understandable. But when they take a property and then they change it so much from what it from what it originally was, like it's unrecognizable. Now, The Crow, that's an exception because, like, The Crow movie I thoroughly appreciate and I love the comic book as well. And those are two different entities. Yeah. I can appreciate that. But I like the fact that nowadays that companies see that there's profit. They see that there's profit so that they're trying to follow the original properties and give them a lot of respect. Have you read any, or watched any of the other Crow movies? I I own City of Angels. It's an okay, it's an okay Crow movie. But yeah. the, I saw, like, the third one... I did not see the fourth one with Edward Forlorn, but the third one was garbage, and the fourth mm-hmm. one was just like.
0: I think. I didn't even bother. I don't. Yeah, I think that's how it was, too, because I, I, I enjoyed the second one for what it was. Yes. Third one, as you said, was garbage, and I think that just turned me off. But then there's the TV show. With Mark Dacascus? Yes, and I watched a couple episodes. I was like, eh, I'm not interested enough. I mean, hopefully yeah. I brought in some new people. What do you think about them doing a remake? Well, the reboot has like Jason Momoa has left. Oh that's what I was saying. And, and the director Corin it's...
1: Hardy has left. So I'm just wondering like is it going to be a thing or
0: is or it do you just think that it needs to be a thing. Hmm. I, I don't... think the first one was kinda of perfect. Soundtrack was fucking amazing. it's one of the best
1: uh movie soundtracks of all time. I still rock that thing. And the actually this City of Angels soundtrack was pretty good too. I, I will mm-hmm. have to admit that for being a music uh fiend. But uh, I don't – because I know that the, the purpose of the remake is to follow the, the, the comic book to more to a T than the movie didn't yeah. do. And I would like to see that, um, but maybe – I don't know because I think the, uh, the theater – I meant the movie companies have like the rights to make it into a film. I think if they were going to redo it, um, a Netflix show because that way you can have it episodic and you can follow – uh the stuff to a t you need to fill in a bunch of stuff though really because it doesn't have to be like it could be like what maybe a six episode
0: series yeah but i mean when you can read an entire comic book within an hour well maybe 2 hours but you but, you would still need filler to do if it's not going to be a shorter and Mur- or Steve. But I don't know if it because like he said, they were going to
1: do page for, James O'Barr said they were going to do page for page. You can't really do that in, a, can you really do that in
0: a two hour movie? Well, that's the th- well, I don't think, maybe I mean, a you four, but a little bit, but yeah, there'd be four some, four episode miniseries. I'm saying like though, there'd probably be some more dialogue before him killing some of the guys because then they're like, what else is driving the movie? Him getting to the different spots. And that's what I'm saying. You're always going to have some stuff having to be added some added dialogue I can see that but I could, I would see I I kind of get the feeling that not kind of I feel that it would probably
1: be better off as like a mini series like a Netflix series oh but I, I mean would... I don't think they could, sh- maybe they could stretch it out to 12 episodes like a season or 10 you know mm-hmm. hell if you could do that with like the Marvel uh, series which I'm sad to see but I knew it was going to happen that Disney was pulling away all the their properties off of Netflix but man except for Iron Fist the majority of those mar- <laughs> Marvel Netflix shows were pretty killer no, my question for you is, like, um, what are your some of your favorite adaptations of comic book properties, whether series or movies?
0: Oh, um, I think that, I mean, MCU did really good at what they've done, even when initially I was like, that's not the comic book character. But then I'm like, oh, wait, once I finally realize this is the MCU universe and I know that there's a multiverse. OK, I like the direction and it's a whole different thing. And some of it will surprise me kind of goes along with the main marvel universe but you know it's its own thing uh i w- my favorite all-time superhero movie it's a couple of reasons is batman returns old tim burton one okay, okay. uh kind of because the aesthetics of the tim burton type ask uh gotham that he had i was just um, thinking about that movie today it and I, the biggest thing is Danny DeVito as the penguin though. I need a cold drink of water. <laughs> like, it was one of the most creepiest, like, grossest thing when he's eating the, the fish. And I actually was just talking to someone about this the other day. It just... I don't know. That one was always iconic in my mind. This is before Danny DeVito became a meme amongst the young <laughs> kids nowadays. Yeah.
1: Like, cause there was at MAGFest, and I didn't see it, but I saw photos of it. Someone had built a shrine... To Danny DeVito. Really? Yes. (laughs) And people were like making offerings
0: throughout the weekend. I'm like, wow. You know. I would, uh, but going back to uh, adaptations, I really, video games really not. I mean, I could say First Mortal Kombat was pretty sweet at the time, and it still kind of holds up as like an okay type uh, video game adaption. um, Street Fighter II, the animated movie, best
1: Okay, no. <laughs> no, but yeah, that first Mortal Kombat film, not the second one, Annihilation.
0: Yeah, no, not that uh, one at all, no. First one. No. Uh. Nope, nothing. Transformers comes to mind. Uh, and I'm trying to think of some even some more of the... I mean, I, I still love the original Turtles, but I have rewatched it and realized it, it doesn't hold up as much as I remember it, but it still kind of does, the nostalgic feel. Um... But even then, that was drastically different than the turtles of before. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I mean, I guess some anime from mangas pretty good adaptions, too. But oh yeah, for sure. Depending on the, yeah, especially now. But I, I would go back to the the crow. I felt was really good at the changes they had to actually no. Umbrella
1: Academy. I've read the comic books or a good portion of the comic books but I have not yet to see the Netflix series but like even my girlfriend binge watched it um, and told me it was really good and she doesn't really read comic books and I have been interested in checking it out it's just I gotta find time maybe in the summer when I go on my staycation and I cut off everything for my geek scene for about three weeks I'll probably be able to sit down and watch it on a day I heard it was really
0: good what uh what do you feel is the best uh, adaption Ah. Uh, Besides, like the I do like the MCU stuff,
1: um, that's pretty cool. Boy, you know I, I here I am on the asks the questions around here. That's <laughs> what I do. Um, I like the Crow, but it's not a straight comic book adaptation. What it mean, takes elements from the yeah. comic book, but I'm not going to be one of those. Well, uh, um, actually, you know, because I learned to let go of that a long time ago, and it saved me a lot of stress
0: and uh. Frustration. Uh, you gonna say Howard the Duck? <laughs> um, Punisher War Zone. Oh, that was a really good one. That was a good
1: film. Uh, would I say it's probably the best comic book adaptation. No, but uh, the only thing I disliked about Punisher War Zone was Looney Bin Jim, who was not even a character um, for the movie in the original um in the first place. Like the director. Um, decided to make up some scenes to include this guy into the film. But they would have got rid of Looney Bin Jim, that movie. Because it was based on the um, uh, Garth Ennis, Steve Dillon run of Punisher, like Punisher Max.
0: So um, I would say, thinking of it now, it's divided crowd, but I think they did a pretty damn good job with Watchmen. I felt
1: that way too. I thought it was a nice visual component to the comic book. I mean, obviously, you can't have everything from yeah. the comic book, but like that movie is just one of the that comic book is one of those things that you really can't do one hundred percent perfectly. That would please everyone. Same thing with like Berserk, which is a fantastic manga, but like an okay anime series at best. You know, like the artwork for Berserk is so detailed, and there's just so much story that they had to leave out to make it into an anime series. What do, you
0: fe- what do you feel about uh, the differences, differences between uh, Full Metal, just but, regular, and, and Brotherhood? Uh, I have not watched the
1: original Full Metal Alchemist series. I own Brotherhood. Um, have
0: you seen either one of those? I've seen them both. Okay. That was then another one where uh, we were pissed that we missed the first couple episodes and had to wait till it clocked around again on, uh, for the first uh Season. I can only speak on Brotherhood because I've read, uh,
1: bef- before I watched the uh, the anime, I read the entire manga series. And then when I watched Brotherhood, except for a few minor changes, it follows the manga to a T,
0: pretty much. So, and that's what I've heard of Brotherhood. I, I have to say, though, I had a better appreciation for Brotherhood and some of the things in there. From the differences that the other full metal alchemist the first season or first series that i enjoyed there was a couple things where i'm like i wish they could have gone that route in the regular one that was different than brotherhood but then there was some shit in brotherhood that it just got right to the action and i could understand why i think i mean i think full metal alchemist as a story is just great
1: like well speaking from the manga and brotherhood like it it does it's kind of a of a suspense story if you think about it, you know, like when you find out that one of the characters is killed and then you're trying to you figure out about this like who's really running things and then getting to the heart of the matter. I just think it's a great series. That's definitely a um a long running anime series that I would recommend to a person that would have the attention span to check it out. You know, Cowboy Bebop, 26 episodes, like I said, self-contained. But if you wanted to watch a serial form anime, I would definitely recommend Full Metal Alchemist. Can't do Naruto because that's like 700 episodes and well over like 200 episodes are filler. I would not recommend that to somebody. But 64 is a little bit easier mm-hmm. to swallow than a 700 <laughs> episode serial.
0: Uh, Annual, watching either one of the Full Metals, you will get the biggest heartache ever in one scene with Dr. Tucker. Who's Dr. Tucker? Uh, Nina Tucker. Oh, yes. Did you ever see that
1: shirt, that the Dragon Ball Fusion? <laughs> 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 like, it's, I love that shirt, and I've seen people wear that shirt. And, like, whenever – here's the thing. Whenever I've taken photos at an event, and I, I, I've taken photos of cosplayers, like, one guy was Dr. Tucker, and he had the dog, the chimera <laughs> – and like when I posted that on Facebook, people would like in comments like "bastard" or yeah. "too soon," you know, it, without fail, dude. It it's is, hilarious.
0: It, that is it. You so you remember six so, having watched probably I watched the first uh, series actually twice, I think. So I've seen that scene plus the numerous times online. That's gut wrenching when if knowing what ha- that's all I want to say for anyone that hasn't watched it yet, and if you know what I'm talking about, anyways. Uh. Yeah. It, it is. It, it's. And, and I hate the memes, but I also love them because. Oh, they're great. But no, it definitely was like one of those, uh, them moments that just like. Wow. Well, it showed that there's like some. Dark, that's what I liked also about some animes. Some of them can be fun and cheery. Some. I like the darker ones a lot more, or things with giant robots, but the shit that has some like. Okay, damn. No, no. All right. I'll throw this out there for you. Um,
1: I've. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry if you had to wrap this up, but I definitely wanted to throw this out there to you. Um, I have
0: no time. You're going to be strapped to that chair for another couple of months. Oh, okay, time, I didn't so I, I didn't know
1: if we were just like cutting it off like at a certain point. No, I don't you know? care. Um, I didn't have this to be a 3-hour extravaganza for you, but like uh a se- um was there a mo- like we'll go, we'll go for video games. How about that? Cuz I wrote down. Was there like an a, a moment from like a video game series that had an emotional impact on you? That really, like, you say it broke your heart, or you're like, so what? Just playing video games? Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not talking about anger and frustration. Like, okay, you, can't yeah, beat be a, like yeah. you can't beat a section you want to throw at your... When I
0: did the glitch of trading Pokemons and tried to get one of these from a shitty thing, and then it erased my good one. Uh, I would... S- hmm. I don't know, because I haven't played... From all your history of playing video games. I know, and that's what I'm just trying to think. Like, there wasn't... I didn't play a lot of sad...
1: Well, I mean, video game... All right, I have one, if I could throw like, right out. Like, are we just saying, like, sad, uh, like sad or just... Like emotion... a, like an emotional impact on you from, like, a video game. Like a scene that is like, wow, that moved me. That made me feel something. Instead of like, come on,
0: cut scene, get over something, get back to the gameplay. It's weird, and, and I've mentioned this story before... It wasn't necessarily the, it's it's the memory that I think of most happy as a kid video game was our babysitter Carla, one of our favorite babysitters, was fucking amazing at Nintendo because they had a Nintendo and she would sometimes bring some of her games. She was the first and only person that we knew as kids to beat Super Mario World. We could always get to 8.3, to no, we got to 8.3 a couple times because 8.2 just always killed us. That she could get to the castle and beat it. To me, still was like, "Holy shit! There is a princess in a castle." That I think uh, sticks out the most in my mind. Okay, do you ever play Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation? No, I know what you're talking about. That's the thing that I knew right away. You like most people would say. So I was trying to think of something well, that else. That scene with Sephiroth and
1: Aerith or Aerith, depending on how you pronounce it. That. I legit remember I cried when I first saw that because like back then I didn't have like the internet to spoil it for me. I mean I had like a um a uh, strategy uh, guide walkthrough from this company that went out of business called Versus, and they made the best strategy guides ever because they would give you this. They wouldn't spoil anything for you, like story wise. Like a good strategy guide should do is not spoil the story, but it would guide you in the directions that you needed to go in, like. Don't forget to pick up this, this, or this. Look in this area because you'll find something. But, like, they, I think they completely skipped over that part altogether. And then when I saw that scene, I was just like, oh, my goodness. And, like, I I cried because I, I, was, I was so impacted by that at the time. And, wow, even still to this day. And I never really had any of those feelings. So, like, uh, the Final Fantasy games from that point on. Because Final Fantasy VII was definitely the first RPG that I really connected with. Because I played Final Fantasy for the Nintendo, didn't fully understand it at the time. <laughs> like, like what sort of game is this? I didn't yeah. understand that you had to level up and you had to grind. You know, I remember like when I was playing Final Fantasy VII the first time, I was concerned because. I put over 100 hours into the game. But when it was hitting 99, 99, 99, I was like, oh, no. he's <laughs> just going to screw up my save? But fortunately, um, they had accounted for that. So um, I definitely, like, not necessarily 100% of that game, but I came pretty damn close. Like, Final Fantasy VII is still one of, even for nostalgia reasons, one of my favorite games of all time.
0: Now, what do you feel, was we were talking about kind of gateway... Um you know, into anime and manga and stuff. One of the things that I've realized is Attack on Titan was a huge gateway for a lot of people, which I'm happy. More people getting in, more, you know, maybe they'll start making for America and, you know, television and everything. What do you think uh, on that series? On
1: Attack on Titan? Yeah. Oh, I, I totally enjoy it. Um, I remember when I was at JFax, um, I think 2004, 15? Or 2014. I was at JFax. And, um, yeah, it was 2014. I was at JFax. And that's, I had checked out my, um, that show for the very first time ever. Uh, cause I heard so much hype about it. And I saw people dress up in cosplay for it. And then I, I watched like the first three episodes, um, at JFax. And I was like, all right, I can get on board with this. This mm-hmm. is pretty cool cuz I remember like sitting next to like the um, this person who was just singing along with the lyrics, the German lyrics to Attack <laughs> on Titan's uh, theme song. And I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." And I went home and I um, got online. And I ordered the first two parts of the first season. You know, if I would have held out a little bit longer, I could have bought the first season altogether. But yeah. no, Funimation <laughs> had to release it in <laughs> yeah. two parts. It's like, you got to stop doing that, you know. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool. And I recently thought about that show. I actually thought about that show today. What I felt hurt Attack on Titan is I thought the show was great. It had a lot of momentum going for it. But I think they did an adaptation of that show too early into its magas, um, uh, life, life Lifestyle. Oh, oh yeah. Not yeah. lifestyle, but lifespan. Because you had the first season of Attack on Titan. Amazing. And then there was, like, a two- to three-year wait before the second season came out. And season three just came out within the last year. So all that momentum that they built with that first uh, season got killed off because they were waiting for, like, the manga to go ahead so they can start, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I don't – I mean, that's why you have, like, shows like Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood It's like, you get a popular show – I mean, a popular manga series, and then they'll – either catch up to it and they'll just go off in a different direction or they'll have to wait for the manga to go more. So I I do feel like it'd be nice if like, they would take the manga series, let it do its thing for quite some time, then create an anime around it. So that way you can build up the hype for it because, uh, doing what I do for like the past few years, I can always tell like what are the popular shows because of like seeing what the, the younger, fans are dressing okay. up as in cosplay so i don't see as many attack on titan cosplays as i did when that show was initially white hot yeah. but I, I think the show is pretty cool i disagree with like the d- uh, description of it like uh on the back of it like who whatever advertising firm wrote it was like attack on titan is like japan's version of the walking dead no it's not, <laughs> no, it's not. i mean you have giant humanoids eating people but, and they're kind of gruesome. that, that Again, yeah. it goes to more of a darker show that I like. You know, you have people getting eaten, but it's like these humanoids are not do. I mean, like, yeah, they're kind of like... Uh, I still don't find it. Yes, uh, I can see where like, hey, don't get attached to uh, characters too much <laughs> yeah. outside of the main ones because it's not going to end well for the majority of people on the show.
0: Have you read the manga then? Yes, the manga, the artwork so for So how it, far ahead... Would you say it is now compared to the show? Like, because I haven't seen the the third season. It hasn't even come to America. The third yet. season's
1: been out since last year, dude. You can find it on Funimation's uh, streaming site. The dubbed one? Yeah, I have a have a subscription. Oh, I, to I, have it.
0: I didn't think it started airing on
1: TV season three. Season 3's uh, they were shown on uh Adult Swim like last year. They were oh. doing they were doing simulcast showing in Japan and uh, here in America. And showing
0: up on the Crunchyroll app today. I...
1: Well, here's the thing. Um, I
0: think. Funimation has the rights to that show, cause. Oh, so um, well, maybe I'll have to find somehow to rent it or borrow it. But, uh, had did they explain then where the the giant fucking uh things come from? Nope, they haven't got to that yet. What are you, what, okay in so the manga series? It, I was gonna say then, what's your theory? No, in the manga series, yes, they do.
1: You, oh, so you do kind of know? You do figure out like where they start coming from. You know, in the manga series, I don't want to spoil it, but I will say that um, because usually I'm one of those people. Like, well, I do enjoy the manga better than the anime, but the artwork for Attack on Titan is atrocious at points. Even the artist himself will state that he's not that good of an artist. Mm. Like, there are some scenes like, wow, this is pretty um pretty cool artwork. Other times it's like, so like the anime actually does a very good job of capturing that uh, kinetic. And frenetic energy and movement, because there's no way you could. Uh, I mean, you could look at that through manga, but then when you see it in um, in motion, like the yeah, anime, quit. it's amazing. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, Attack on Titan's pretty cool and the people the voice actors that I've met from that show have all been super cool.
0: Did you ever read the Attack on Titan versus the Avengers or whatever? I
1: read that like that little that little uh one shot spin off, yeah. you know. It, it was, made no it was, sense. No,
0: it, and it was okay I, I would say it was okay for what it was, but that was also that came out like two or three years ago. I was like at the height of Yeah. Yeah. Attack, Attack on... on
1: Titan was white hot. Um they had the two movies, you know, live action movies, which From what I understand, from what I've heard, too, it's not really that good. They're okay,
0: Mm -hmm. but they're not really that good. Well, what do you think about those were made in Japan, Mm -hmm. and Japan, studios, whatever, it's not Hollywood. I mean, say right there, what do you feel, though, about then Hollywood doing some adaptions... Of some of these and You mean like with Battle um Alita Battle
1: Angel as it is now known over here in America. Yeah, or that or uh
0: the Death Note movie on Netflix or I heard the Death Note movie was terrible. It was. It was it was totally terrible. But and using pretty much the whitewashing thing when you're making an American movie based on Japanese uh culture well, even Attack on Titan they have said that was kind of like a German-type thing, so they're not Japanese people. There's only one Japanese person in that yeah, in the he,
1: series, yeah. uh, Mikasa Ackerman, you know? And even Ackerman, I guess, is like a, a gentleman last name, but, like, she's... A, they state that she's a Japanese character. So I'm trying to see, like, where they're going to go from, like, in the series, because I hate to... I mean, like, uh, it's just, like, set in the the future, like a far-off future, you know, because uh, like if you have German people, and you have Japanese folks, where are the rest of the Asians? Where are black yeah, folks? Where are Hispanic world. folks, you know? And I'm not saying like for the point of like inclusion and diversity, but I'm just wondering like where are we going to go from there, you know? Is there going to be, like is this this big social experiment that like not... Is there a
0: bigger outer wall? That... Yes,
1: or is there a bigger world and these folks are just isolated and like you know i just hope it's not like they're in like a snow globe of a world where yeah. like some science like a like a, an ant farm that yeah, yeah. that would just annoy me if that
0: if that's where they went with you know so um what would you what could you highly recommend besides the books that you've already or the shows that we've already talked about what you talking about what wise for uh, just for viewers, listeners anime wise yeah Blood
1: Block A, Battlefront, both seasons is excellent.
0: I of what we haven't talked... You've already mentioned that. Yeah, before. but I'm going to mention that again because okay.
1: it's a good, good show. I mean, it's got some awesome animation. It's got some great comedy bits. Actually,
0: I guess I could rephrase that question. What are you... What is current out or newer within the last two years that you've watched that... I'm the wrong person to ask about that. Because oh, like, okay. I, I just recently watched a show on Netflix called... Uh, <laughs>
1: it's so bad to you. Especially in this time, of, um, this climate... Uh, the show is called Backstreet Girls Goku Dolls. Okay, uh, what? <laughs> the whole premise of that is like these three Yakuza soldiers had screwed up so bad, you don't know what they did, but they screwed up so bad and, um, that their boss was like, okay, uh, here's your choice. Here are your choices. I could either kill you now and sell, sell your organs off for money or you will go to Thailand get gender reassignment surgery and come back and be Japanese idols. You know what idols are?
0: Like pop star?
1: Yeah, uh, female pop groups, okay. idols. Okay. So they took the second option. <laughs> and uh, it's not even like a, uh one of those series like, well, I used to be a guy. They don't ever mention like outwardly, like they look like females, they sound like females and stuff like that. Um, But like they their boss is like it's a comedy series and their boss is just being this tyrant and he wants them to act prim and proper so he has them basically uh um, uh, they're prisoners you know okay. and like sometimes they they're drinking and they're acting like yakuza but they have to keep their uh yakuza tendencies in check though while <laughs> trying to meet the fans and stuff like that and actually i fi- find it to be uh pretty hilarious season because outside of like if you just went into the show just watching it and uh didn't know about the premise of it like the gender reassignment surgery you wouldn't even know that um they were um males that had transitioned into females because they don't really bring up the transitioning thing um it's not i don't feel like the way they did it was like if the butt of comedy it Mm -hmm. was just like what they have it's what they have to do to survive no, what they? No, I'm talking about like the the transgender issue. They oh. don't use it as a butt of uh, comedic uh, bits. Uh, it just, it's just it's, there. It's just there. And like what these poor people that they used to be yakuza, but now they have to the the comedy comes from them being yakuza and still having yakuza tendencies, mm-hmm. but they're happening to portray this jap this popular idol group. You know, and then the animation on there is absolutely garbage. It's a lot of still frames with like moving mouths and stuff <laughs> like that. But I find the writing to be uh, quite hilarious, especially the hemorrhoid episode, which
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you can find on Netflix. It's like 12 episodes. And the thing about this is, like, each episode has, like, multiple. It's very episodic. So you'll have, like, self contained stories wrapped up,
0: multiple stories all in one episode. So. Have you watched Seven Deadly Sins? Oh, I think it's a great show. Um, There's another one that is. Uh, for Netflix? That is yeah seven, oh, seven deadly sins uh shins yeah seven deadly
1: shins. ah all about the <laughs> hockey uh <laughs> yeah, there should be a hockey spinoff for that but seven deadly sins uh the anime i've watched i think we talked about this too uh, like in private conversation when Netflix said season two, that was total bullshit. Yeah. yeah. That's the first time I'm cursing on this, but that was total bullshit when they were saying like, oh, season two. No, that no, was, was that? four of the four out of the six OVAs that went out in Japan that you decided to bring over and translate. You didn't even include the last two. And then when we finally got season three, which was an actual season, I call that season two because the four OVAs is one season 1. 1.5. But I have watched – actually, I watched it on Twitch before they brought it over. But I'm definitely going to watch it on Netflix, uh, Seven Deadly Sins, the the true second season. But I definitely would like to start reading the manga for that. But, yeah, I totally think that is a pretty cool series. I mean, yes, it has a lot of fan service because – what is the name of the main character again?
0: Who, Meliodas? Meliodas. Total perv.
1: But here's the thing: It's like I don't get turned off by that. And I can see that some people would be uh, offended by that, but for me, it's like it kind of goes. Um, I kind of I know what to expect. It's one of those tropes in anime. You have the pervy character. You have the fan service of big boobs, panty shots, and stuff like that. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like over sexualizing uh like teenagers and stuff like that. I'm yeah. like, you need to tone that shit down <laughs> a little bit. That's no, no. But I I find it to be a, a well, it's good, right? I like. I think it's a quality series.
0: Yeah. What about uh, the Dragon Prince? Not seen it.
1: Um, I have not seen it. There's like some shows. Uh, one of the current show, I mean, most recent shows that I watched during the last year was this show called Inuyashiki, which I think I've heard of that. Um, I think it's on Crunchyroll. But the basic premise of that was like, uh, this old man who basically he had found out that he had cancer and he was going to die, but he didn't want to let his family know. And then like, uh, he somehow gets accidentally killed, uh, by an alien, by like, uh, um, this alien force accidentally killed him and this young man. And they replaced his body with that of, a, uh, of, a. of a war machine but the old man didn't know it so it got rid of his cancer and stuff like that and so now he's just he's slowly figuring out like what happened to him and now he's using the, his powers for the force of good but then the young teenager ended up being like a sociopath and he was using his powers for evil and he was like just killing people and stuff like that and this is like for them like colliding and stuff like eventually colliding you know Inuyashiki. i think it was like 12 episodes uh, it's only been subbed i mean Yeah, it has not been dubbed over here, but I think that was a pretty cool show to definitely check out.
0: Have you ever watched Violet Evergarden? Nope, but I've heard of it.
1: I'm so far behind, like, what's new and stuff like that, and, like, I have a ton.
0: There is a lot that I've just been going through, and so maybe I have a little more, but I've had more time because I don't do shit. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I mean, I would love to sit down and watch anime. I mean, I'm, like... Uh, recently, I mean, I've been just introducing myself more to stuff. I mean, like I finished uh, Pop Team Epic. That was, like I said, the most recent show that I watched. I was watching Ninja Scroll. I mean, not Ninja Scrolls. Uh, um, Basilic, the Oka Ninja Scrolls, but that show was so terrible that I tapped out it, at episode seven. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Like the original manga series Basilic, Basilisk, should I say? That was a cool series but then they did they did an anime on that back in the day and then they did like a future anime and it was just a sequel that was loosely connected that was terrible we go
0: back to old school stuff uh, just cuz i Oh, well, this top is really in depth uh you ever watched the vision of Escalone? no but i i've heard about it you know i it mean was, it was again one of those shows for me that was like saturday morning they had it on wow that's like a almost a two-hour movie isn't it no no it's a series it's like 13 or six or maybe it's 22 i can't remember how many oh yeah
1: that's Um, right i thought
0: vision i thought
1: escoflowne was a uh a movie but forgive me oh
0: there is well there's probably uh there's 26 episodes uh i don't know where i was gonna go with that i just know there's a fucking like uh suit armor that could turn into like a dragon type thing and battling other giant things for the life of me, I only watched a couple episodes when I was a kid. That was one within the last, I'd say, six months. I finally found streaming. I look back on it. This is an original, like, old school, like, feel like anime type drawing that they did. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't say it's as, like, flashy as what we have nowadays or as, as smooth.
1: But it doesn't even need but, to be that But way.
0: it was the story. I was like, I finally got to complete this. But no, no. But here's the thing: It's like when it comes to
1: animation, like it depends on the show. Um, Goku dolls had uh, hilarious. Uh, it was a hilarious show, so I'd be willing to forgive like the crappy animation, but it worked for what it was trying to do. Yeah, you know. Um, and like even like the oldest shows, like all the, I mean, a lot of that stuff is hand drawn before like CGI came over and um, helped. Because I can't foresee them doing Attack on Titan like back in the day. That would have been painstakingly. I mean, yeah, having or the
0: quality that it is, and
1: CGI actually is pretty good. I mean, it definitely could help. Like Attack on Titan, I think, is a good example of using CGI correctly. Cowboy Bebop had a very, very little CGI; it was mo- mainly hand drawn. I mean, like having like the um, the the space gates to go through. Yes, you they could have probably done that. They could have drew yeah. that out, but having that um. CGI wise, totally worked out. One of the Movies from back in the day that I really enjoyed. Two movies. Ninja Scroll. Have you ever seen that? Nope. Oh, my goodness. That is an amazing film. And um. Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust. Because there was Vampire Hunter D. And then Bloodlust was like the sequel I think they made in the 90s. And you could tell that they went full ham with, um, <laughs> with, not, the, with the animation. The with the animation, it's just amazing.
0: You know? Um... What uh <laughs> How long have we been doing this so far? Oh, we're at uh about an hour 45. Wow. No one's going to listen
1: to this. No one's going to care about me for that much or the, to listen to. Besides Cassidy, I'm
0: pretty sure you'll put this on in the <laughs> <Yeah>. background. <laughs> Shout out to you cuz I know that you should have. You you definitely be the only one that's going to listen to we this. We should next time uh we do this just drop her name randomly throughout. And yeah. <laughs> How many times did we say your name, Cassidy? <laughs>
1: I'll buy you a uh, uh a pencil, an art pencil of your choice,
0: or I'll buy you a stylus if you can tell me how many times. oh, um no, people, you know, I've paused uh, many a podcast when I'm leaving my off or like getting out of my car and then coming inside and then, like when I start cleaning my house. I'll no for sure put it I I like for me that I meant, like,
1: I am I mean, not I'm not hitting I'm not knocking myself but I don't know if I'm that interesting of a guest that someone would
0: listen to a... um Well do you know how much random shit we talked about? Yes. So, enough shit gets thrown at the wall, something's going to stick and there may be if I put in the scriptures, we talked about this, 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 this. People are going to be like, "How did you only get that in less than 2 hours?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not opposed to this. Um uh it is actually a lot longer than I thought, but then again we're just chatting and then... No, I I, I totally enjoy this. It's just it's like, my goodness. I mean, it's not like I
1: have anywhere to be. I mean, I have an interview to do tomorrow morning, but I'll be up in time for that. So, no, it's all good,
0: dude. All right. Well, then I guess... Uh, I mean, if you have questions, feel free to ask them. No, because then I'll save it for part, part three. No one's going to care about part three with me. <laughs> Never know.
1: <laughs> no, I'll totally be down for that uh, again at some point. Probably a few months out, though.
0: You know? Well, I don't know if I can unstrap you from that chair. You're going to be... Stuck in the dungeon. Yeah, but I gotta
1: at least say goodbye to my girlfriend.
0: Yeah. I'll let you out for Magfest. How about that? Oh, God,
1: dude. Hell yes. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so into that. Like, I've already been looking into It's like, they already announced the dates, like January 2nd through the 5th. But I'm already looking into, like, hotel dates for that, you know, because I know tickets won't even go on sale until, like, uh, in July, which is fine with me. I mean, definitely. For like if folks, if you could take away anything from this con- um this conversation, go to Magfest. Screw everything else I said. Go to Magfest. If you're seriously into video game music, that is definitely something to experience. It's it's a wonderful convention.
0: All right. So well, that. <laughs>
1: I, I like how I totally killed the momentum of the show. Like, how long has this been going on? Like, you're like, you like, oh, I probably should start wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, had it, you not asked, I would have probably kept going for another
0: no. I mean, you, half you, had
1: some, you had some good questions. This is definitely, um, I'll say this now. I know it's early, but it's been the best uh, interview I've done this year on a podcast. And it watched me be the, f-
0: oh, well, well in the, the first a, and the second, so. this is the first, oh, so the you're second, the first one wasn't. Just-
1: no, because like the first one is more of a spiel about what I do. And, yes, you could hear about my process and you can learn about like some be- um behind-the-scenes stories and stuff like that. And that's cool for people that are interested in that. But I had, I get to have – I had sat down to have a conversation with you about stuff that I'm more interested in, you know, because um, I love my website. But I also love talking about the geeky stuff that I don't really get to sit down and have conversations with people. I certainly can't do it at conventions because I'm always like, hey – Hi, bye. Can I wait? Hey, can I take your photo? You know, quick, quick, quick. Boom, boom, boom. On to the next thing. Or like, hey, how's it going? You know, what have you done today and stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. How was that person that you got to meet? You know how it goes when we're at conventions. Yeah. Like, they, they don't really offer like breaks in conventions. Like, all right, lunch break, everybody, <laughs> sit down and hang out with your yeah. friends. You know, it's like go, go, go until the convention coverage. I mean, until the convention's done, and then we gotta go home and working on this content that we created to put that out there. And I do like having conversations about stuff that I'm really into with other people that are like-minded. I also like talking to people with different opinions and stuff because I feel variety is the spice of life. But I find it frustrating that – because, you know, both you and I were in our late 30s, and obviously that's the – I mean, it's definitely like the age – especially like after you hit 25, people start having families, you know, and then – they're uh, caught up in that, and you can't really hang out with people and talk about this stuff with people. I mean, like when we were growing up, we yes, the internet was a thing, but we couldn't like link up with like groups yeah to go talk about anime or comic books. Not as much as like it's readily available for like the kids of nowadays. And yes, if I sound like an ageist, that's fine. I don't care. I appreciate when these moments happen, like this conversation, because I know they're not going to happen so much as we keep getting older and older and older. And that sucks, but that's a part of life, you know. But I truly do appreciate this. This has definitely been the best interview that I've, uh, I'll do that with quotation marks again, interview <laughs> slash <laughs> conversation I've had um, all year so far. Well,
0: good. Well, I'm glad. Joe, you're you're welcome back anytime. You're just trying to get me to be a co-host on your podcast. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) No, I don't want to derail it. With that, stay thirsty for Joe being uh, on our show for now on because he's (laughs) he's here enough anyways. Speaking of thirsty, I definitely need water because you haven't really given me any outside of like (laughs) pelting me
1: with snow and I'm hoping that it'll melt on my face. No, you put like snow on the top of my head and (laughs) it just drips down down and I'm hoping that it hits my tongue and like I'm shivering right now.
0: All right, I'll let you out of, it, out of the ground. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, what is this? <laughs> the slave puts the
1: lotion oh, on its skin or gets the hose again. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would have ended that with, like, goodbye horses playing in the background. <laughs> I'm still recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was seriously fun, Tony. Thank you for ha- uh, so much for having me All on. All right, date. thanks,
0: man. Cheers. Cheers.